Lord, thank you for your presence in this place this morning. Would you guys, would you go ahead and just stand with me one more time just for a minute. Rose, if you could bring up that Hebrews 11.1 1 for me. Can we just say this together communitively? You guys just kind of follow my lead. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's go one more. 1 Corinthians 13.13. 13. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Lord, we just thank you for this. We thank you for your spirit this morning. We thank you for all that you do in our lives. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your words be power this morning. Let hearts be softened this morning. Let ears be receptive this morning. Let no one leave this place the same way they walked in. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Oh, you may be seated. Reach over, shake somebody's hand real quick, though, and tell them, don't lose that grip. I spoke this message a few years ago on a Wednesday night, um, so some of you it may sound a little familiar, but it's just been heavy on my heart the last couple of weeks, and God just keeps taking me right back to it. Um, but we're going to be talking about, the, talking about self-control. We're on our ninth and final fruit of the Spirit. It's about self-control. The definition of self-control is the ability to control oneself, in particular one's emotions and desires or the expression of them in one's behavior or actions, especially in difficult situations to achieve a specific goal or an outcome. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Be not hasty in the spirit to be angry, for anger reached death in the bosom of fools. The message version puts it this way. It says, Don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. Everybody put your hands down. Don't, don't feel your head right now. But it's all right. The person next to you did it too. So it's, we've all got those lumps on our head because we've all been a fool at times. We've all lost our temper. We've all lost self-control at times. And it shows. It shows. But with the Holy Spirit in us, we don't have to be that way. That's, you know, these spirits are promises that he puts on the inside of us. Fierce fruits that will come forth. That although we may slip up sometimes, they're not just going to be ever apparent in our lives. We're not, we don't have to be walking around flying off the handle all the time. Um, we're going to, I got a movie clip. Let's go ahead and start that, that first clip, Rosie, if we can. You know what to do. Put your weight on it. Don't lose your grip. Don't lose your grip. Don't lose your grip. You lost the grip. Gotta keep it moving, although my dogs is barking. Yeah, find me at the finish line and it won't be long. You lost that grip. You know what to do. Put your weight. You can stop it. I'll just play it over. That grip. 
that we're going to refer to today as our faith. All through our lives, we get, it may not be, you know, this type of scenario, but you'll get hopefully what we're, what I'm trying to put together here by these clips. But there's going to be moments in your life where you're going to feel like everything's coming in and everything hinges on one moment. And sometimes we lose that grip. But we don't want our, we don't want our life to be like that fight to where if you lose that grip, you lose the fight. But if you do, if you lose your faith, you will lose this great the fight of life. I'm not saying you're not ever going to lose a battle. Our grip is going to slip sometimes, but you don't let it go. Don't ever let go of your faith. Remember, Hebrews says, now faith is, or says, now remain, it says, now abide faith. Faith remains. Even in those times when it comes against us, faith remains. 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Didn't say he didn't ever lose a battle. Didn't say he didn't ever lose control. But he kept on going. He finished the race. And check out this affirmation he makes here in verse 8. He says, I will receive a crown of righteousness. He knows. He is holding on to the promises of God. Though I get knocked down, I'm going to get back up. Though I may not be the fastest runner at times, I'm going to finish the face. As long as I keep going, as long as I keep running, there is a crown of righteousness waiting for each and every one of us at the end of our race. As long as you don't lose that grip. Life comes at us hard. It will hit us from every which way. But hold on. Hold on. Faith, hope, and love remain. Easier said than done, though, right? Especially in the moments, but that's when we, we can rely on the spirit of self-control. When we're praising God, when we're meditating on God, when we're staying in the word of God, and we're relying on that spirit and we're trusting that spirit, then he will be with us in those times to help us not lose that control. In the movie, you know, there's a girl. There's always a girl in the movies. But, um, the guy you see that lost the fight, his name's, you know, Scott in the movie. He's the main character in the movie. And it's a, a kind of a neat plot. The school's struggling. They're going to shut down all the band funds and get everything to the football team. Um, so the whole the school teachers start coming together. So he's doing all this fight just to raise money for the school because he gets attached to the, to the band director. And there's this teacher, this, the lady teacher, that he's just always after. He's always hard after, asking her out. Um, but he's been going through these fights, and she watches one of his fights, and she comes back to him and says, you know, I watched one of your fights. She's always telling me no, but she comes to him and says, I watched your fight the other night. So he's kind of getting lifted up. You've been checking me out, huh? You're watching my fights. See what I'm doing. And she goes, yeah, I did. I watched your fight, and I seen you. When that guy got your arm like that, you just let go and tapped out like a little girl. <laughs> so he's all proud and excited. Yeah, she's checking me out, and then, yeah, that's the moment she caught. It was the moment that I let go and I quit. Sounds kind of harsh, all right? But, you know, we need people in our lives that will be truthful with us like that. We need people that will tell us to step up a little bit. You know, I remember a time when I, you know, going through stuff, you know, I'll never forget, you know, Ginger telling me these words one time. She said, head up and soldier on. And, you know, at the time, I didn't feel like heading up and soldier on. So it kind of, but as it went on, and that was exactly what I needed to hear those words. And you'll see it build 
in this in this um, these scenes later on that that fueled him later on in the fights. And those moments of truth will fuel us later on. If you don't have people in your life, you need to be speaking that truth to yourself every time you get the chance. You need to be speaking the word of God in your life, affirming the promise in the word of God, so you are building yourself up. You can't speak that truth on your own if you don't have people in your life, but I encourage you to employ people around you that will do that for you. Let's go ahead and watch the, the start the second clip, Rosie, and pause where we talked about there. Fight. This is this is the the ending of the movie. This is the climax moment of the movie. And here we see he's in the biggest fight, the biggest moment, and once again he gets in that same position. And we see that grip slips again. Let me tell you what though. Doubt happens. Doubt will creep in, especially if something's happened to you once before. That doubt will always just kind of creep in. You know the the word says that the, the, the devil will comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And doubt is one of his biggest weapons to do so. He will put doubt in your mind. I'm not good enough. God's not going to answer my prayers. Why didn't I get the promotion? Why didn't I get the grade? Why didn't I catch that fly ball? Why didn't I pass that test? And that doubt will just creep in. It will try to suck every little bit of life out of you. Why didn't my prayer get answered? Why didn't it go the way I planned it to go? Remember, self-control is looking for a certain goal. And when that certain goal starts to slip and, and fade away from us, that's when we lose our self-control. And we've all been there when you can see it slipping away. Doubt. That's what doubt can do. But you know what? The word says God will use what was meant for harm for his good. God can use that doubt in your life if we'll let him. Let's talk about doubt for just a minute. Jennifer Michael Heck wrote, God has used doubt in the lives of Christians throughout the ages to reveal his truth. He uses doubt to create dependency on Christ, turning intellectual turmoil to trust in God. We call that faith. Atheist turned Christian Alter McGath, he understood the correlation between doubt and faith. Doubt is based on uncertainty, but certainty isn't the heart of faith. Trust is. McGath went on to write, said, Doubts will come in life. It's part of our human fabric. It straddles a line between fear and trust, but rather than dwelling on doubt, turn to trust. A trust in God who does show himself worthy. Charles Spurgeon said, I suppose no man is a firm believer who has not once been a doubter. Doubt leads us to Christ sometimes. Augustine of Hippo said, doubt is but another element of faith. Philip Yancey said, doubt is something almost every person experiences at some point, yet something that the church does not always handle well. He says, I'm an advocate of doubt because that's why I become a Christian in the first place. We said all this to say, 
if you're in a position of doubt, if your grip has just slipped, it's okay. You're in good company. Apostle Thomas, he was nicknamed the Doubting Thomas. This disciple of Jesus is known for seeking proof of Christ's resurrection. He said, I won't believe it until I can stick my hand in his side. I won't believe it until I can see his scars. You know what Jesus showed him. And that doubt went from doubt to some of the strongest faith there is in the Bible. He went from folly to faith through doubt. His strength was founded on doubt. Not founded, but spurred out of doubt. Pastor Skip Heitzig said this, says, doubt is not the same as unbelief. Doubt looks for answers. Unbelief doesn't really care about the answers. Doubt is honesty. Doubt will work through the difficulties. On the other, side, on the other end, it will find a vibrant faith. God can work with doubt. Just don't let your doubt turn to unbelief. We're all going to doubt, but don't let that doubt turn to unbelief. Don't lose that grip. And if you're there right now, if things don't seem right, it's coming at you, your movie's not over yet. Your movie's not over yet. You haven't crossed the race yet. You're, the finish line, your race is not over yet. If you're still breathing today, if you're hearing the words I'll speak, you're still in it. You're still in it, and now faith remains. Now faith is, regardless of what's going on around, the word says now faith is. Not the faith you had yesterday, not the faith that you hope you have tomorrow, but the faith now. And it is in you. It is through the Holy Spirit. It is on the inside of every single one of us. Now faith is. Stand on that faith. Let's go ahead and finish out that clip, Rosie. seen in the first half that he lost that grip but we've seen what he did he turned back remember the woman the one that was harsh gave the harsh words but he's seen their face the kids that he was that he was fighting for he's seen them in the crowd he went back to what he he went back to the beginning why am I in this race to begin with whatever it is that's coming against you remember why you're here remember God's got a plan God's got a purpose for you Turn your focus and your attention to those things. And things can turn around. Don't lose that grip. It's okay if you've hit a stage of doubt. Just don't lose that grip. It's okay if things don't make sense. Things don't always make sense in life. But don't lose that grip. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your faith. It's okay if you don't understand why something's not happening. I believe Jesus himself had a time of doubt in his life. 
We read in the Guardian, Luke, I'm not um, going to read word for word, but in Luke 22, it's just one of the spots that talks about when Jesus is praying in the garden. He's got his disciples with him. He tells them to hold back. He says, you wait here. You pray. You have my back. You watch out for me. I'm going to go on in a little deeper and pray. And his prayer is, Lord, please let this cup pass from me. In other words, is there any other way that we can do this, Lord? Do I really have to go through all of this? Does it have to happen this way? Lord, please let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but your will. He goes back to his disciples and they're asleep. The ones that were supposed to have been praying on his behalf and praying to stay out of temptation, praying, standing in the gap, they're asleep. He goes back and prays more. It says he's in agony. It's, uh, can you, um, Jesus is in a moment where an angel from heaven has to come down to strengthen him. Do you think there may be a little bit of doubt going on in that moment? It says he prays so hard that his sweat turns into drops of blood. He is in agony that he is praying so hard, Lord, please, any other way, but not this way. And he goes back and the snarl repeats. But that final straw, when he gets up, he grabs his disciples and says, now is the time. And I can just imagine when he looks up and he sees Judas coming at him and says there's a multitude with him. There is a whole mob of people coming against him in that moment. I cannot imagine some of the doubt that may be in the minds going on right there. Judas comes up and gives him a kiss. You know, I can see it. It's just everything is going out of haywire. You guys have seen the movies where, you know, when it comes to that moment. Peter draws his sword. You've seen those movies where the gangs, you know, all the guns come out at one, at one time. There's two sets of people. The guns come out. There's no way that this is going to end good if somebody pulls that trigger. Everything is going to go crazy quick if somebody pulls that trigger. And I'm kind of like, just like that clip. I can see it in slow motion. Jesus sees Peter bring out that sword. Oh, there's goals. It's fixing to happen. And he hits that guy, and you know he's swinging for that guy's head. You're not going to just swing for somebody's ear. You know he's swinging for that guy. He's going to try to take that guy's head off, and luckily he misses and just takes his ear off. And it's just, see all that, just such slow motion. Jesus seeing everything going on. It's all fixing to hit in this one moment. Everything's fixing to come crashing down. I can see in all that moment Jesus' grip slipping because he knows that all that agony he just prayed about, the blood that he just cried out it's still slipping God's not answering that prayer there, there's not another way he's realized this is the way but in that moment I think when he sees Peter he picks up that ear I think he looks up and I think he sees his heavenly father then I think he sees you then I think he's seen you then I think he's seen you. I think he's seen you. And he remembered, this is why it's got to be this way. This is why I'm here. 
But he gets that, gets that hold back. They're the reason why I'm in this fight. That's the reason this arm bar is about to break my arm. It's about to break my whole body right now. What's fixed to happen? But he got his grip back for each and every one of us he held on. It all comes back into play, and he, in real time, he picks up the ear and he heals it. He draws Peter down. Says, no, we don't need to draw swords. And in that moment, I believe that his work that he was doing for us became his work in us at that very moment. Whatever it is that makes you fly off the handle, he is at work in you. It's normal to doubt. Did we do all that? Did I work so hard for that promotion for nothing? Did I pray? Did I fast? Did I ask all those things? Was I, did I miss it? Is that why it didn't happen? Did I not study enough to get the grade? Did I not work hard enough in my marriage? Why is my marriage falling apart? Did I not do enough? Why? Why are my kids going erratic? Why am I, why can I not control my kids? When the things don't happen the way we see that they should happen, that's when we start losing self-control. We start losing that grip. But we don't have to let go. Keep standing on his word. The outcome is not up to us, but the obedience is. He said it again. The outcome is not up to us. But the obedience is, regardless of what it is that's coming at you, some of the smallest things cause us to lose our self-control. The word somebody says to us, the way they say them to us, the smallest little things can set us off to losing, our, losing self-control. But remember that moment. It doesn't make sense usually doesn't make sense. When you look back at some of the biggest miracles in the Bible, they didn't make sense. But we know that's where God was the most. Those were the times it took great faith. Moses parting the sea. Can you imagine the Egyptian army behind? You don't think there's any doubt in that moment? You know, when you got ocean, a sea in front of you and a, an army behind you, you don't think there was some doubt? You think that made sense in that moment? But that's where God showed up in one of his greatest moments. Daniel in the lion's den. I gotta believe there's probably some doubt going on there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego. Can't tell me there wasn't going to be some doubt in those moments. Those, we look back on those things. There's no way they make sense. But that's when faith is at its greatest. If we're walking, if we're living our life according to what makes sense, we're not relying on Christ. We're relying on our own will. We're relying on our own self to get us through there. If we're if we're not going through times that don't make a little bit of, that don't make sense a little bit, we're probably not relying on Him. It seems that God's not working on what's around you. 
He's probably working on the inside of you. If the outcome's not going the way you think it should, he's probably still working on some things. I think it would have been easy for Jesus in that moment to just go down fighting, you know, to let Peter and all the rest of them draw our swords. Let's just have a big battle. Let's get it over with here now. That's not the way it was intended to happen. That's why when the, you know, the things get tough in our life, the easiest route, it's not the way it's going to happen because God's got a bigger plan. Don't lose focus on why we're in the race. Don't lose focus on the loved ones. Don't lose focus on the work that he's doing on the side of you. Don't lose that grip. If you do, keep praying. Keep praising. Let the utterance of the Holy Spirit grumble in your gut. Let the praise roll out of your mouth. Let the name of Jesus roll off your tongue. Even in the times, God says, I in the darkness, I am your light. In your valley, I am your way out. I am your comforter. I am your strong tower. I am your fortress. I am your lifter. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am always by your side. Lord, I just thank you this morning. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody that's dealing with doubt in their life, if they feel like things are spiraling out of control or something from the past just keeps trying to zap us, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will comfort us, Lord. Let them know that you're in their presence, doesn't make sense to keep walking. It feels like we're falling off. I don't know that you're going to catch them, Lord. I thank you so much. Lord, I pray that the doubt anybody may be going through this morning, Lord, that it will be used for your good, that your doubt will be turned into a magnet to draw people to you, Father, to grow closer to you, that their strength will grow into you, Lord. Just thank you and I give you praise and I give you glory. Thank you, Lord.